Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in with us today. You can always find us over at pathtozion.com or on our Facebook page, and you can reach out to us at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. How have you been? Um, the last series that we did, we talked about the Moed. We talked about Yahweh's Moedim and how in Genesis chapter 1 we see a pattern instated. We see the, the, the luminaries, the, the lights, and specifically the, the two greater lights, um, the sun and moon, of course, and they are created and they are set in place. And what are they set in place to do? They govern the day and the night and, and they, they make days. And they are for two things, and we honed in on the second. They are for signs, and they are for seasons. And seasons, of course, as we established firmly in Genesis chapter 1, are the moed. They are the appointed times. And so we have addressed in measure, again topically, the fact that I am convinced the more I look at it and the more I think towards it and always defer back to the creation uh, facts and events that are set to perpetually continue until the heavens and earth pass away and, and there's a new earth, that they are cyclical. And just like we see in the natural, we discussed how the Moed understanding, um, Yahweh's seasons, which are not winter, spring, summer, and fall, are actually established for creation, um, the, which quickly um, is discovered to precede Israel, um, Abraham, and of course, by um, many years, preceded Christianity. Um, but it is a it is a creation fact, I believe, and we talk about that a lot. Sabbath, of course, is there as well, right in the beginning of the days of creation um, that are continuing on today, as as long as the heaven and earth are here. And the last time I checked, I went outside. And the earth has not passed away yet, um, as we are here talking to one another. And so um, today, this is somewhat spontaneous. Um, I've just kind of been all over the place. I've been I've been spending a lot of time in Lamentations. Uh, Lamentations is is a very heavy book. Um, Jeremiah's words in that book of Lamentations are are very somber and uh, paints a very grim picture uh, for the condition uh, of Yahweh's people at the time and what he was perceiving. And I, I, I would like to talk about that, but I really felt um, compelled, if you will, to talk about this today. Um, as you've already seen, likely in the title, um, start somewhere, return. Um, and what I want to talk about for just a little bit is is some text in Jeremiah, um, but but in, in, in the crux of the matter, we're going to talk about Acts chapter 15. And, and, and not, this is not necessarily an extrapolation of Scripture or word studies necessarily, um, but more of just a, a thought of, I guess, in, in somewhat, in just a basic elementary approach, what in the world do we do now? On, on this side of, of our new creation reality, of our salvation, of our redemption, um, what do we do? Now, we're not going to answer that. And, and someone uh, responded to the Moedim series with, instead of talking about 
the facts that the fact that Moedim exists, the Moed understanding, why don't you go through and explain all of the appointed feasts? And my response to that is is you know we're called we're all called to different things. We're all called to different compartments or segments of the full gospel. Uh, I mean, I now I kind of call the entire word of God the gospel because it's 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 all encompassing. It, it, it is from the beginning to the end. This this beautiful redemption story, often repeated in 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 a cyclical manner, of Yahweh's covenantal commitment to man, them them man breaking their end, and Yahweh becoming angry and banishing them, and then returning to them to to woo them back to himself uh, via covenant again <laughs> um, into relationship with him. And so, and t- but to my point of that challenge or question is that is a very, very, very involved endeavor. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm capable of it, um, but right now I do not have the time to dedicate to um, explaining all of the feasts in fullness. Um, that's just not something I can tackle right now. Now, there are um, a, a long list of places online of, of awesome video series um, towards these matters. Psalm 119, uh, well, 119 Ministries has some good stuff uh, towards that. It, it's all over the Internet. Um, a, lot of ple- a lot of people that I meet, a lot of just believers, Christians, don't have any idea, and I understand, we don't know about a certain thread of teaching until we kind of come into it, and then we realize there's this, there are thousands of people, <laughs> if not more, that are already doing what I'm just now beginning to understand. And so there are, there are lengthy um, amounts of videos um, and, and written articles towards these things, which we can all add to our understanding. But presently, that's not what I'm called and compelled to do. I like to take a, a broad topic and say, let's start, like we did with the Moed, let's start with realizing that the Bible says this is a creation fact that we must give ourselves to, and as we illuminated in the scripture, towards, well, asking the question, or answering it really, the question that is asked to me even, well, why don't we do them then? Why don't we do these things? That was a conversation I had last night at my dinner table. Well, why doesn't Christianity do feasts? And awesomely, the that question was answered in the Moed series looking into Isaiah um, because the adversary desired to sit upon the mount of Moed and change times and change law and overthrow Yahweh's perfect ways. So, to that question, I would say I can't tackle everything. That's <laughs> a valid question. It's a fair one. But, like, I cannot, no one individual can unpack all of these things and these mysteries. So I'm trying to do what I feel compelled to do and what the Spirit is asking of me and be obedient to that specifically and keep in mind suggestions, ideas, questions as well along the way. So what landed me here today was um, some ongoing things in my life, um, questions being asked to me, um, kind of that, that I'm paraphrasing as, well, well, what do we do now then? As, as Christians, who are we? What, what are we doing? 
Um, and so that's why I titled this today, Start Somewhere, Return. And the Hebrew word for this that we're going to focus on and, and measure is shuv. And I, I like to, to talk about these Hebrew words because they they are more than just transliteration issues. And like, well, you call it shuv, but let's just call it return because we speak English. Yes, I understand that. I'm not a Hebrew. <laughs> but there the Hebrew language is is much more than just an alternative language. It is it is the the language of my father. It's the language of his people. It's the origin language of 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 Yahweh revealing himself and speaking to man. Um I believe it is the 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 language of creation. Um because of all of the connotations that the Hebrew language um, uses, possesses, and it's it's incredible to me. So it is of of importance to to hear this word and to get it into our thought process of shuv, return. Um, and we'll get to why in a little bit more uh, measure as we move along here. Um, but I, I often propose this this question. Of what do we do now as we pursue this ancient way understanding? Of course, the, the, in the in the slogan, if you will, of the, of the program, the entire theme of the program is rediscovering something that has been lost or abandoned, forsaken, or just discarded, and and returning to what was behind us because it is also what is and what is before us for the people of Yahweh Elohim. Um, so this begs the question: Well, where do we start then? Um, what do we do, okay? Um, after inheriting a Christian gospel that calls us to repent, of course, to be saved, to ask Jesus into our heart, um, what do we do? Uh, and, and we're kind of just taught to somewhat nebulously, we'll read your Bible, um, get about the business of being a better person, Um but what do we really do biblically to become an individual part of Yahweh's greater set-apart people? We are an individual component of the whole. We are not, I am not God's church. Um, I am a, a the living stone reality. I am a an individual part, piece, component of the whole, of, of the entirety of his people. Um, now, that's, this word shuv specifically... Um, in the Hebrew understanding is is this what we do now, I believe, the answer of starting somewhere. We return. We we go back, okay? Uh, uh, repent, true repentance in the biblical understanding, that is a word study, is a returning to the Father. It is of no use for you, friend, or for me, or for any one of us to turn away from sin and say no to sin if we don't say yes to the Father, they have to be synonymous. We have to return to our original purpose, our original um, identity and Father to be a part of his people by keeping his covenantal ways. That's what covenant is. Of course, we know that we are doing our part to join into Father's perfect execution of his part to become one with him. In the Echad reality, through Yeshua Messiah, empowered by Holy Spirit, to return to 
our original purpose and function to to walk intimately with our Creator, to know Him, to to give ourselves to His ways, to what He says is right and good, and to walk away from what opposes Him, what defiles us. And so that's why you hear us talk a lot about um, this word teshuvah on the program. If you if you're if you're keen to to words. We are talking about a returning shuv, and then this word we again say with great regularity, teshuvah. Shuv is right there in the middle. And, and teshuvah is a correct understanding of what the Bible proposes from beginning to end about a repentant condition. The heart of man saying, I am leaving the ways of the nations, and I am returning to the ways of my father. I'm 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 abandoning my own that what's sin? It can't, we can't just say, "Well, I'm leaving sin." Okay, what is sin? Sin is anything that separates me from the Father because I'm walking in the ways of my of my um, fathers in in the sense of the ways of the nations of an inherited inherited idolatry and self self self. Whatever I desire, I I pursue. I'm leaving that nature behind, the flesh man nature that is in rebellion, opposed with God, evil, and I am turning to him in repentance, Teshuvah, to return to my father's ways, his perfect law, his perfect plan for me, for humanity. Again, an established condition that we saw in the garden, that that his his idea was for a people in its in humanity's entirety to be his capital P people. But of course, first generation rebellion, um, a turning away and turning unto their own way, will, and preference. Rebellion. Rebellion laid down in humility, receiving the, the gift of eternal life, which again we talked about just last time, begins now to pursue the ways of Father once more as we turn to Him and receive His counsel, His, His, His words to us today on how we live and what we do. And so this shuv understanding, it's, it specifically first appears where, of course, here we are in every episode— the book of Genesis, of course, when Adam is told that he will shuv, he will return to where he began, the ground. Okay, so so this is this is a, a quick understanding, very elementary. Again, where where I believe is a good place for us to start with many of these things. Adam is told he will return to where he started, to the ground, shuv, the first appearance of it. We see it again. Um, after the flood, the post-flood condition, the waters receded after the flood event. They what? They went back to where they were. They shuv. They returned. Okay. They returned to their original place. It's very simple, <laughs> but simple. But this understanding is of utmost importance as we assess what is actually taking place when we are regenerated, when we lose our life into Messiah, when we are a new creation, when we are losing our life for His sake and therefore finding it, when we are all of these things that we know as a New Testament church, a New Testament believer, 
But what is this saying? All of this newness in a proper biblical understanding is we are returning to something. We are enabled by the the supernatural miracle of regeneration. We are moved from death to life, and that life, friend, is a returning to Father's ways. We have now been enabled. It's the Gentile mystery. <laughs> you know, when, when we're told in the scriptures that I'm about to reveal to you the greatest mystery of all the ages. Well, what was the mystery? That the Gentiles, the dogs, can come into Father's ways through the blood of Yeshua Messiah and the new covenant. <laughs> Just what's the word? I mean, <laughs> the 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 this miraculous event that that culminated in Yeshua's perfect obedience, the new covenant has been established and, and covenantal living with the Father has been once again extended to mankind. And this mystery is what? It's been revealed. It's been unveiled in that age. And praise the Father, that's the age which, which we are in right now. The age of revelation of our identity. We have been invited. What? You who were once not a people, now you can become a people. You can become an identifiable nation. Called out ones. And that, of course, is the correct understanding of of salvation, of a purchasing to enter into covenant once more. Into what? Return. Return. Okay? Just as the waters receded. We are called to shuv to go back and and return to our original abode in Yahweh himself. It's incredible. So this is much more than than some spiritual metaphor. It is an entire identity upheaval when we think about this. Now Jeremiah 32:37 is one of the many examples of this prophesied returning. And it says this, Behold, I will gather them from all the countries to which I drove them out in my anger and my wrath and in great indignation. Okay, now I, I was talking to my wife about this this morning, and I just read this a couple times. I said, what does that sound like? Well, to me, it sounds like the Garden of Eden. Um, they, Adam and Eve, were banished. They were cast out of the perfect abode of Father, Yahweh himself walking with them in the cool of the day, again, as we talked about in the Moed series, the first missed appointed time was when Yahweh's roaming around when he did every time of the day, that time of day. And guess what? Adam is not there. He didn't show. And so what did Yahweh say? Where are you, Adam? And again, it wasn't because he didn't know. It was an inquiry to say, why aren't you here? Why didn't you show up for our appointed time? And so to me, it sounds just like that. So here we are again, biblical patterns. And so in Jeremiah 32, uh, 37 here, Yahweh says, I'm going to gather them from where they've been scattered about because of his anger, his wrath. And he goes on to say, I will bring them back to this place. Now bring them back here is Shuv. Okay, so I will cause them to return back to their original place of origin. They, they will come back. I will, I will bring them back. He's not just calling them back. He is actively bringing them back in. And I will make them dwell in safety. And they, now this, here we go. Oh, well, I know this part, right? 
They shall be my people, and I will be their Elohim. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make, the, I will make with them, something very important, an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. So here in this prophecy of Jeremiah, Yahweh is speaking what he's declaring something he's going to do, and he says, I'm going to gather my people from all the countries that I drove them to. We know the, the biblical overview about the scattering of the nations, but I'm going to, I'm going to cause them to shuv. I'm going to bring them back to myself. They will return, and they shall be my people. And as we mention uh, nearly every episode as of late, what does Yahweh speak through the prophet Jeremiah about this everlasting covenant? Now, this is 3133 in Jeremiah. And I, I, am, I am just quickly making this my present moment life verse um, that so many people have had understanding towards uh, for way longer than I have. But just still, only three years into this understanding is just so incredible to me. I love to talk about it. Behold, the days are coming, declares Yahweh, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares Yahweh, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares Yahweh. I will put my Torah within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. And so, friend, this is where we live. This is the age, the epoch of time post-Yeshua coming of this incredible prophesied age. We are now in an age where we have been called to return to what has been abandoned. Now, what has been abandoned? Yahweh's ways, His law, His feasts, his Sabbath. Friends, do you understand this? I had this conversation last night, and it was a good one, and it's continued on today. Addressing this issue of we as Christian believers have not had direction or proper counsel towards what we do now, which is why we've titled this, Start Somewhere, Shuv, Return. Our place of origin, I am extending to you as a possibility for consideration, is this. Our utmost initial response should be, we return. If we properly understood what the Bible is presenting to us, both prophecy and, as we'll get to even in part in Acts chapter 15, is the fact that there is something to tend to post-salvation that is of utmost importance. Because as we turn away from, we turn unto, and as we turn unto, we see our Father in a way we've never seen Him before because we couldn't, because we were on the outside looking in. We were the ones, we could use this metaphorically, although literal as well, we were on the outside. We, metaphorically, in our own sin, depravity, and walking in the ways of the nations, sin and self, 
pre-generation, pre-regeneration, pre-new life, pre-new creation condition, we are, Adam and Eve, banished from the garden. We are in rebellion, and Yahweh is, rightly so, looking upon us as covenant breakers, law breakers. Okay? We are banished from walking in the Eden garden, walking in the perfect harmony and and presence of our Father, rightly so, because we're covenant breakers. We are divorced out from being able to relationally engage with our Father in intimacy because we're stubborn, hard-hearted, rebellious ones in sin and self and shame and rebellion, just like Adam hid. We, too, are filled with shame. Why? We know our condition. We have looked at Father's ways. We've chosen our own way, walked away from His, until Holy Spirit, through what? Through Teshuvah, Shuv, Teshuvah, it, we feel that conviction of Holy Spirit saying what? You are outside of covenant. You're not just a sinner. You're outside of covenant. Because again, what is sin? Sin is breaking the covenantal commands of Yahweh Elohim. So thereby, the Holy Spirit, what Holy Spirit is really doing in us when we are brought to a place of repentance, Teshuvah, is I'm outside of the covenant. And therefore, because I'm outside of covenant, I'm outside of my purpose and identity that I was created for, which is to worship and to know and to intimately walk with my Father in the beautiful confines of His governmental authority. And so we must turn towards Him and return back to what defined Him as calling His... Let me put it this way. What defined his people, which is what? Called out, set apart, consecrated, holy, separate. Be holy as he is holy. Yahweh Elohim, seated enthroned upon every other principality, power, king, authority, in high places and low ones. He is distinct. He is set apart. There is none like him. We are called to be holy like that. We are called to be a consecrated, holy, set-apart people who are governed by the holy, consecrated, set-apart Yahweh Elohim's laws, his governmental authority. And so because of that, he says, the, the prophecy, I will take the Torah that was Old Covenant, okay, <laughs> and I will place it now within them, And I will write that same Torah, my lovely, wonderful, beautiful, perfect law. I will move it and put it in them upon their hearts. And then I will be their God, their Elohim, and they will be my people. Therefore, fulfilling what? What I'm proposing, which is start somewhere, which is return. Return. Okay? Um. Let's move into the book of Acts for just a moment, and uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll do this a couple parts. Now, now, there are those who are gathered in Acts chapter 15, and, and, and they knew. They knew what we're talking about, okay? <laughs> they knew what they were witnessing. The apostles knew what was unfolding right before their eyes, okay? This is, and you can tell, half of it's quoted. This is the prophecy of the new covenant, 
This is the Gentile people being redeemed and brought into Father's ways. A lot of them themselves experienced it firsthand. And it was all around them. They understood the connection, the fulfillment that that came through Yeshua. The prophesied new covenant had arrived. After Yeshua's coming and the new covenant assembly of called out ones was beginning. Not a new religion, not a new idea. Of course, the, the apostles would never, ever, ever come into a situation and say, we have, what? We have copyright now on the gospel. Let us tell you what this new gospel is. They would never do that. They would never do that. It's, it's ridiculous, really, to, to, to assume and propose that in any way they came with a replacement theology idea that Jesus was instigating a new religion. Now, that came 3rd, 4th, 5th century when there's a state church and all that. That did happen now, but that's not what the, that's not what the original post-Acts 2 church was doing in any way whatsoever. And we need to really be aware of that. So to our point, though, if we're, if we're talking about starting somewhere... What did the Gentile converts do? What were they doing? Okay, we're told a little bit. Where, where do they begin? They surely weren't just instructed to stop, stop sinning and go to uh, church gatherings. They weren't told that they were part of some new religion that would overtake the world for Jesus and establish national you know, patriotic government systems based on Loose Bible principles? No, it's something much greater. They were actually informed that they were a fulfillment of New Covenant prophecy. Okay? They were informed of like, friend, do you understand who you are now? <laughs> they were instructed to shove back to the ancient way. And that's that's the beauty within this understanding is that we we understand who we are now when we look at this through this lens. I was posed this question last night that I think is a good one, and I was going to say it at the very end, but I'll say it now. That if, if, if Israel, if the Jews are God's people, okay, if they're his people, and we are now Christians, and, and if Christians aren't Jews, and, and if, if there's this divide where we are divorced from everything Jewish, but but the Jews are God's chosen people. Then where in the world does that leave the Christians? And that and like you could topically answer that real quick and and just kind of push that to the side. But at the very heart of that question is a very great point, which is that's the problem with what has been proposed is that somehow the grafted in reality isn't really literal. That we are just we're Jesus people now, and they're. Book of Moses, Torah people who just do hollow religion. We have the real thing, and they just had types and shadows. But friend, we biblically speaking now, we have missed the 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 returning, the the shuv reality. I would say, ask yourself, have you when you came into faith, and we'll end here, and then we'll do uh, part two. When you came into your understanding, belief of repentance, okay? However you did, whether it was at a, 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 a revival, a regular Sunday church service, whether it was at home in your bedroom by yourself, uh, wherever, wherever you were and whatever the circumstance was, and if you can remember what you experienced, 
what did you attribute that to? And perhaps more importantly, what did you do then? What did you do and and think about that timeline of the days, weeks, months, and years since then? What have you been doing? What have you been doing? If, If teshuvah and repentance, biblically speaking, means a, a, a repentance that turns back to something, what have you been turning back to? If, if we are told, and we could follow it in the Greek as well, because you can, you can take shuv, and then, you, of course, you can look through the New Testament version, and you can follow the train of thought from beginning to end. What are we returning to? What have we gone back to ascertain and add to our life that was before us. As we turn to Father, what have we discovered? What are we adding to our lives um, that was preceding us, this ancient way reality? Because many people that I know, and even myself for many years, I was trying to return to Acts chapter 2. I was trying to return to a new covenant church, the first church, the early church. But friend, we have to understand, as we'll get to in Acts chapter 15, the early church, the Acts 2, post-Yeshua, called out assembly, said, we have to go back. They said, they said then. Okay, so the group of people that we, most Christians, many, are returning to, are striving to return to the original church, the Acts 2 church. So many people, myself included again for years, I'm trying to get back to the real church. That real church, those called out believers, that assembly, they were saying, we have to shuv. We have to return. We have to teshuvah and repent uproot who we were and return to who we used to be, who Yahweh's people used to be, okay? What they were defined by. That's what I'm proposing. So we've got to go there and we've got to do what they did, which is go back further, which is what Acts chapter 15 is going to talk about in a little bit measure here coming up in part two. So you are watching the Path to Zion podcast. That's what we're trying to do here. I don't do it perfectly. And I sure can't do it in its entirety all by myself, but I'm a tiny little piece, and you are as well. To what? To rediscover this ancient way so that we can ask this question to anyone else in our life who might say, what do I do now? Whether there's someone entertaining the idea of of what we used to call giving their lives to Jesus, if they are inquiring about how do I become a believer, how do I become a follower of Yeshua, how do what do I do? Like, oh well, brother, you stop sinning. Okay, but what? But what? Okay, if I do that, what then? Well, you you go to a Bible study. Okay, well, but what do I do? What do I pursue? Right? <laughs> Who am I? For anyone or ourselves that are asking that question, we have to talk about. Let's start somewhere. My proposal is that we start by returning. It sounds a little backwards in our modern-day thinking. We'll go back, backwards to the Old Way, the Old Testament. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And so we're going to talk about that um, 
Acts chapter 15, right after this. Part 2 of Start Somewhere, Return. Thank you for watching. Amen.